Hello and welcome to the Vorthos cast. I'm Jay Anelli. I'm Lorelai Weissel-Labrizzi. And I'm going last this week. I'm Chris Delano. <laughs> That's because you're the least important. This is true. <sighs> you say that, and then what happens when Chris decides he's not going to be uh, editing the podcast anymore? Oh, yeah, I guess it's a good time to tell you I'm taking a vacation this weekend. So uh... <laughs> then, then we've got a casino situation on our hands, and one of us is ending up in a cornfield by the end of the episode. <laughs> All right. So today we're going to talk about the flavor gems of March of the Machine. However, there are so many flavor gems. This is really going to be a part one of two. Uh, we're, we're definitely going to have to spill over till next week. How exactly that's divided. We'll see what we get through. Uh, likely next week, we'll talk about the battles and the commander cards. Uh, and that'll be that'll be our even split. Uh, so with that out of the way, there's so much to talk about from March of the Machine. There's like 15 different planes represented here, right? Uh, there's a lot more than that. There's like 36 battles. Are there? Is there that many? How many yeah. I can't math. I even has it listed here. Let me let me put a, a number to it. Yeah, there's like 36. Just like <laughs> battles are like the uh, the planeswalkers from War of the Spark. They the, for some reason 36 is the right number. I it it probably has something to do with collation and mm-hmm. um, having a dedicated slot in a booster pack, which probably requires their own sheet. Fair enough. That makes sense. It's my assumption. All right, so yeah, that's that's a pretty good that's a pretty good assumption though. Uh let's talk about flavor gems. So let's start with the planeswalkers. Uh first of all, we have Chandra Hope's Beacon. Who's that? I've never heard of this character. I've never yeah, yeah, I've never heard of this character before either. Pretty pretty big deep cut. Uh no, but in all seriousness, I love both of Chandra's art for this set. Uh, she's casting like a spirit bomb of fire <laughs> at Phyrexia, and she's got like uh, like flaming tears coming down as well. It's pretty awesome. This is uh, yeah. I I think the first time Chandra has been like the big poster child of a set since Oath of the Gatewatch. Oh, Kaladesh, I'm stupid. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Aether Revolt was the last <laughs> the, time she the was one the where she went set. home and found her mom. Actually. Uh, but that's still been a while. Yeah, uh, card-wise, she and Jace are like neck and neck for the most number of appearances. She she had a corset, but like, yeah, that she had a corset. Well. She she's yeah. beating Jace by quite a few cards now because of oh, the really, corset. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's fair. Oh, that's right, because she got three cards at the corset. Yep, mm-hmm. yep, yep, yep. She she has uh, eighteen individual Chandra cards, and he has fourteen. So. I, f- I feel like we've talked about Chandra a lot the last few months. So let's move on to Ren. Ren and Realm Breaker. So this is the third tree we've seen Ren with. And the last one. And this one this one's <laughs> a little bigger than the others. This one's a little little bigger than the other ones. And this is technically Ren and this is technically eight, right? This is her eighth tree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I thought. Because seven gets like Nissa Massacre Killed. 7. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's kind of terrifying. 7, actually. 8, 9. <laughs> All right, Jay, I'm cutting that joke. I'm sorry. It's just, that's real bad. It is. It's terrible. Uh, we also have Archangel Elspeth. Uh, and this card is awesome. It incorporates like 
the light wings of the new Capenna angels, but with like more traditional looking wings than their stained glass stuff, uh, because she's like part Sarah angel. Uh, there's a lot going on with Elspeth. We talked about this a whole lot, didn't we? Yeah. So go back and check out that episode where we talked all about Archangel Elspeth. Actually, that is scheduled <laughs> for the future. <laughs> we'll talk yeah, about I, that. I, in go May. forward and listen we, to that we've, episode. <laughs> we've talked a little bit about it, uh, uh, but yeah, we. I, I, I would like to do the in-depth episode about what all is going on with Elspeth in this set. Um, so stay tuned for the episode where we answer the question, hey, how come she's an angel now? How's that work? Well, you see, she's not an angel because her type is Elspeth. She's not a creature. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, and we had one more planeswalker well, who was I, for, actually... For Elspeth, I do just want to like mention like the design of her card is reminiscent of Elspeth Knight Errant kind of bringing her full circle from her very first incarnation uh, now to her potentially last one. I don't know if we're ever going to get another Elspeth Angel card. Um, we'll see. Uh, but yeah, her and Elspeth Knight Errant both have plus ones that create a soldier, plus two that uh, gives them flying and some sort of buff and uh, a big minus six that does something really cool. Uh, in this case, brings everything back from your graveyard. So. It is a cool callback. I like that a lot. And it's slightly more powerful. At least it is uh, like the flying buff and power up buff is permanent, which I really think is cool. Uh, All right. And then we had one more uh, Planeswalker in this set. But that one is kind of a sneaky one because he is on the back face of a card. And that card is Invasion of New Phyrexia. So we'll talk about the rest of the battles another time. Uh, but Invasion of New Phyrexia, unlike all the other battles, which is New Phyrexia invading other planes, this is Zalfir's Invasion of New Phyrexia, which is, I think is a really cute twist. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and then to have Teferi on the back, Teferi with his full name, which Finally. is now official in cards. I tried to get it in Brothers War also. It is Teferi Akos. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, we. I've I've tried to get it in places too. Uh, Teferi Akosa of Zelfir, uh, which is very cool. Jay, this this is our victory of trying to canonize this name in the card canon. <laughs> We've done it. Well, so this name originally popped up uh, with the Boom Comics. Was the first place mm-hmm. it appeared. Uh, and then it showed up later in the in, in memorial website for Jaya, Jaya. Ballard. Uh-huh. Uh, and now it is finally officially uh, canonized in a mainline magic set. Mm-hmm. Uh, so where he got this last name, uh, we don't have confirmation for. Because, uh, you know, he's never used a last name before. So we don't know yet if this is his original last name or... If he took Sabira's last name, I I like the idea of taking Sabira's last name, um, especially because given their like like reading their interactions in their stories in um, Martha Wells's Dominaria uh, stuff, uh, it, it definitely sounds like she is the kind of person who'd be like, hey, you're going to take my last name. And he goes, yes, ma'am. Uh, <laughs> that was just their vibe. And uh 
I, yeah, so I, I, I really like the idea that it's Sabira's name. Also, like, the part where he's still alive and she's not, and he knows he's gonna last forever and ever and ever, and yeah, I'll take your name so that I can carry it with me the rest of my life, I think is really cute. So... Yeah, and it's a nice nod. Uh, Africa has a number of cultures that are uh, matrilineal. So I think it's a nice nod to that. Too. Like, it would make sense for the cultures it's based off of. Like, Zalfir is a sm- smorgasbord, basically, of, like, northern and eastern African cultures. Uh, it's not, like, one specific culture. But uh, I think it's it's a cute nod. I like Teferi as the, uh, the ever-living wife guy. Yeah. It is... It is beautiful. I love it. So let's talk about the Praetors this set. So the Praetors this set all had their basic name. And on the back, it had their, they have a saga, which is a really cool transformation effect. Like, I really like this, that it's like you transform Elishnor and you get the Argent etchings. And then once that saga is done, you get Elishnorn back again. That's, that's just, these are cool cards. Yeah. I remember working on the set and the, these both sides of these cards having a lot of talk about what was going to go on them. One, uh, I think one of my favorite things is um, the Argent Etchings, the Great Synthesis, the Great Work, and the Grand Evolution are all things established in New Phyrexia. These are words you will find in the Planeswalker's Guide to New Phyrexia on, on the website. Um, that are explained in detail there. Uh, the true scriptures came about because... Um, Phyrexian scriptures taken. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, yeah, essentially. The, the seven steel thanes adhere to the original Phyrexian scriptures. They are uh, the faction that inherited Yogma's original color identity for Phyrexia, and, and so they're kind of the true believers. Yogma did it fine the first time. We just need to iterate and improve on that. And, and so the true scriptures... Uh, being, hey, the Phyrexian scriptures under Yogmoth are the true scriptures. We don't need to invent anything else. Um, but uh, I thought it was very cool to, like, finally get these proper nouns on cards uh, that we've known about in the lore since New Phyrexia was established and have appeared in a lot of uh, flavor texts. Or some of them have appeared, at least, in flavor text. It was a, it's a good farewell to these yeah. characters, right? Like, it's mm-hmm. a nice... It's a it's a swan song, so to speak, here. Yeah. So it was really nice. So just for background for everybody, the Argent Elishnorn and the Argent Etchings. Argent is a term that means silver. The Argent Etchings were like Karn's ravings when he was stuck in Phyrexia, corrupted, kind of half conscious and like having fever dreams and like everything he was just spouting off, Phyrexia was writing down. Uh, and so that formed the basis of a lot of the machine orthodoxies religion. Jingataxius, uh, uh, he calls his the great synthesis because mostly because he hates Vorenklex and Vorenklex used the grand evolution, which was one of Yogmoth's original terms, except Vorenklex takes it very literally. Uh, and because Jingataxius didn't like the sound of evolution. He changed his to great synthesis. That's that's the backstory of why Jingataxius has like a separate uh, name for his. Yeah, it's it's like what if the scientific method was fucked up and evil? Yeah, what if true scriptures? Lorelai already talked about, and then the great work is Urbrask's, uh, because Urbrask's philosophy is about 
it's about the work, right? It's not about um, uh, what's the best way to put this. It's unlike a lot of the other ones who it's that are ambitious. very. Yeah, ambitious. The work is the reward in and of itself with Urobrask's faction. He he believes in trusting the process. You know, it's really about the work you put in. He he picks them things up and he puts them down. He sure does. He sure does. All right, let's talk about the corrupted. So this set had a number of existing legends that have been completed, uh, Phyrexianized. And the first of those is everyone's favorite god, notable nice guy, Heliod. Yeah, we saw him in Philly. He was like one of the first ones they showed off. And I think for good reason, because uh, Mm -hmm. his is kind of the most shocking in a lot of ways. Uh, Because one, we kind of thought he was trapped under a rock. But as we know in magic, that doesn't mean anything. Uh, But also completing a god is kind of a big deal. And kind of a thing that I, I think going into this, none of us expected to be possible, but it makes sense when you consider the reality chip. Um, he also has like candidate for best flavor text in the set, in my opinion. Um, on the front side, complete the faith, complete the God from a Johnny Goldmane. And on the back side, complete the God, complete the plane. Uh, also a Johnny Goldmane. So Heliod, Heliod is just kind of a precursor uh, we also know a bunch of other gods have been completed. Exactly how many hasn't been revealed, but it's heavily implied that, uh, well, we know for a fact Erebos as well. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's heavily implied the other monocolored gods have been completed as well. And probably more. The only one we see as definitely okay is Afara, who's like holding the line in Melitus. Yeah, there's, there's some people who like, I think you can definitely trust Afara is still there. Uh, Athreos might be because there's a lot of like there's some flavor text that references him uh, letting some stuff out of the underworld when shit got real um, bad. It was the Legends article. Oh, the Legends article. Yeah. So like we don't know. He might have gotten got after that, but he was fine for a while. So it's Afara and like potentially Athreos. Probably not. Maybe. And yeah, the the method of completion here is very cool because they took advantage of the metaphysics of Theros mm-hmm. and completed a bunch of people and they believe so fervently they corrupted the gods. Like that was that was wild. And so the gods who like Ephara and her version of civilization does not jive with Phyrexia. Uh, and so she is protecting what of what of her people are left. And there's uh Rona Herald of Invasion and Rona Talarian Obliterator. Uh, I think it's a it's it's a little rough to say that she was corrupted in this set. Uh, <laughs> Rona has been a um a a member of the school of Gix, the secret society within the Talarian um academy system, uh, who are essentially Phyrexian sympathizers who believe, hey, Yogmoth and Gix were right. Let's do what we can to try and. Phyrexianize Dominaria like it should have been. Now, now I'm not a Phyrexian sympathizer. I just simply collect Phyrexian art. Okay, there's just a bunch of you know Phyrexian <laughs> symbols on tapestries in my home. She's Again, very interested in that time period. Okay, yeah. she's very like she she has questions about how many people Yogmoth's Death Cloud really killed. No, she sucks. Yeah, she's a villain. <laughs> she's she's not even like a particularly fun one for my opinion. But Lorelai has opinions. 
I I like her. I think she's cool. She played. She you know she has existed in this storyline. Uh, she was in the Dominar Remastered story and the Brothers War story um, as uh, kind of one of the main uh, uh, Dominarian antagonists of the Phyrexian forces. Uh, and here she gets you know everything she's wanted uh, happens. She finally gets to be converted into a truth completed Phyrexian uh, and get the body of a Phyrexian obliterator. Her card on the back has kind of the uh, obliterator trigger of, hey, whenever this is dealt damage, you get to do a really cool thing. And, you know, because she is a Talarian mage, uh, it's casting free spells. <laughs> and yeah, like the negator obliterator design is like so prototypical phyrexian mm -hmm. it's just it works perfectly on her here mm -hmm. no comment about what happens like a couple days after this happens to her uh, <laughs> probably not what she was expecting so she was a member of the uh society of mishra which was just the latest iteration of yeah. phyrexian sympathizers that date back all the way to the brothers war with the brotherhood of gix uh that's why she her first card is disciple of gix uh, it's that same kind of lineage. Which her, her her first card inspired the card named Disciples of Gix in Brothers War. So uh, mm -hmm. in, in, in the meta text, she has gone back and influenced things from that era, which I think is just neat. I just think time is a flat circle at this point. It, it definitely shifted how um, the, the brotherhood to the Disciples of Gix. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we have Ayara. Uh, yeah, Ayara, Widow of the Realm, and Ayara, Furnace Queen. She is an elf uh, monarch of uh, Castle Lockwain. Um, sends She marries people and sends them off to find the Cauldron of Eternity, and then they die. And uh, <laughs> yeah. so she, she uses the promise of marriage to convince explorers to go hunt for a super rare relic for her. Uh, generally, not a very nice person. Um, and, uh, she gets Phyrexianized, uh, to become this kind of, uh, red-aligned Phyrexian, uh, a paragon of sacrifice and rebirth, um, at her whims. Uh, except she still doesn't care about her underlings, and I like her flavor text a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I should pull up, if I'm gonna mention it, I should read it, I guess. Ayara cherished her new machine servitors just as much as she had once did her many suitors. Not at all. <laughs> I'm just glad that Urabrask got to get married before he died. You know? Good for how that happened. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, that one was tough. It was tough not saying anything for a while because people were really thinking that was the way it was going to go. And no, she's a queen and she's part of the furnace host now. Like, that's that's that furnace queen that's that's the name yeah uh so what about another corrupted uh fan favorite i guess <laughs> the elder dinosaur itali uh yeah so itali primal conqueror and itali primal sickness uh itali is you know one of the elder dinosaurs of ixalan kind of a paragon of dinosaurness on the plane um progenitor of like 
many of the other dinos, uh, and becomes a Blightsteel Colossus, just essentially an indestructible 11-11 Infect, uh, although it's not technically Infect because it's only, I think, combat damage to a player? Yeah, it's combat damage to a player. Yeah. Um, not quite, in fact, yeah. With the uh, flavor text, the contagion spreads and the multiverse quakes as a throwback to Atali's original text. The storm rages and the earth breaks. Um, it's nice. I like the the callbacks that uh, the team was able to do for a lot of these cards. We did so many. We pitched so many that didn't make it. Like Basically, every card in this set, most of the cards in the set were already produced as callbacks to something and so some of those were just like hey we ran with it um and you know we found spots for some things it was, it was really fun to work on yeah if there's a set for callbacks it is the set that takes place everywhere yeah for yeah, sure I, uh, unsurprisingly jay there was a reason you and i were hired for this <laughs> <laughs> all right so let's talk about poor Palukranos. Oh, this uh, poor, uh, poor Hydra. This poor Hydra. <laughs> so let me tell you the life story of Polychronos. Uh, he was born. He was too dangerous. So he was brought up to Nyx where he could uh, run around and frolic in the Nyx farm all day long and not destroy the mortal realm. Uh, Heliod and Perforos had a uh, pissing contest. And in that fight... Uh, Polychronos gets cut out of Nyx, falls to the surface, gets imprisoned by Nylea on the surface. Xenago schemes to free him, uh, and he goes on his merry way over to Melitus, uh, only to run into Elspeth Tyrrell, a.k.a. the Death of Hydras, uh, who murders him. Then my man is hanging out in the underworld, minding his own business. He's like a zombie Hydra at this point in the underworld. Uh, when the Phyrexians show up and he is reborn in order to fight them, right? Like, it goes well, right? It, like, if he's the world eater, he'll definitely eat the new Phyrexians. Yeah, so what's the backside of this card say, Jay? Uh, engine of Ruin. He mm -hmm. basically turns into a big worm coil engine, which I think was another cute note that a lot of these transformations were references to classic... Um, Classic Phyrexian cards. So, you know, we mentioned Obliterator, uh, Blightsteel, uh, and this one is obviously a Worm Coil Engine reference. Uh, very cute, very cute. But poor Pike, this Hydra cannot catch a break. He's he's like Captain Yo-Yo over there. Uh, and then we have, an, uh, for someone else who can't catch a break, Omnath, Locus of All, is uh, finally got his fifth color, just like everyone wanted. Hooray, right? This seeing this in the file, and I was like, "Oh man, we we curling that monkey's paw up already." Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I, I think it's funny because I was on the set. Uh, I was on Zendikar Rising with the last Omnath card, uh, so I I got to watch the the four colored Omnath, which is like crazy. We don't make four colored cards very often, and then I got to see the five colored Omnath happen in a way nobody expected. Um, I think so it, if you look closely at Omnath's art, uh, you will see that one of the branches of uh, Realm Breaker has like fused with him. Let me pull up the art so I'm I'm talking directly from. Yeah, so like multiple branches of Realm Breaker are coming in, almost like puppeteering 
uh, it, and some of the arms have this realm breaker e look now. Uh, and so, yeah, it's not really clear what's happening here. Uh, my pet, the- because it didn't show up in the legends, my pet theory is when the portals opened, it started drawing black mana from Phyrexia. Uh, and so I don't know if it's like truly completed or if it's just channeling the Phyrexian mana. So we'll have to see. Next on Nath we see will be a locus of some. It'll just be four colors, no black. And then they'll, just, they'll go backwards like that. What if it's a colorless Omnath? That would be really one. weird. I, yeah. I mean, I just, all I can say to you, it'd just be really weird. All right. And then we have one last corrupted. Oh, this one was corrupted a while ago. Glissa, who also gets her swan song farewell here. Uh, the hero of the original Mirrodin block. Um, yeah. Yeah. Actually, this is my uh, my favorite of her Phyrexian cards, though. The thing about Glissa for me is that, uh, I, don't, I mean, like, we don't see her body. So do we know she's dead? For all we know, she's fine. Well, so either she made her way back to New Phyrexia and is now trapped outside of time. Or B, she did not make her way back to New Phyrexia and has collapsed under the uh, signal failure in the oil and is inert. I don't know. Yeah, she she could still be fine. We didn't see a Skyclave fall on her or anything. You know, Maybe you didn't. I know how to read in between the lines. Yet. <laughs> No, Glissa is most likely phased out with the rest of New Phyrexia, although we haven't seen we haven't seen an on-screen death for her. Uh, but it's very unlikely we're gonna see New Phyrexia again. At least for a long, long time. Until the next wave of story people decide to do something like that. Yeah. Well, hopefully we get like a decade-long break. Uh like we still haven't seen Bolus again, and it's been five years now, so. Outside of Boom, but Boom isn't canon. We should bring Bolus back. I think that's a good idea, actually. No, I st- I'm <laughs> still in Bolus burnout from from like the t- first ten years of the new newer Magic stuff. Look, I haven't gotten a new card for my Bolus EDH deck in so long. I need I need a little crumb, please. <laughs> All right, let's talk about the defenders of the planes. Uh, so one big one is Baral and Kari Zev. Um, these two are just such a funny pairing. Uh, the story says that Baral escaped, uh, or Baral. Uh, I don't, I'm not exactly sure how to. Pre- I think it's Baral. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Baral escapes from the prison he's put in at the end of Aether Revolt uh, because he's, you know, a war criminal basically. Uh, Karizev rescues him, then realizes. Uh, who he is, and basically threatens to kick her, kick him off her her ship, uh, and plummet down to the Phyrexians below if he doesn't help her fight. <laughs> Which is a very funny team up. This is also the first of three appearances of Ragavan in this set. Uh, Ragavan is in like Baral and Karizev. He headlines his own team up in Commander, uh, and then he's in the Multiverse Legends as his own card. Uh, this set is really, I mean, this is March of the Raghavan set. It's its crazy how much he's in this. So March of the Monk Sheen. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, we also have Borborygmos and Fibblethip, which is such a cute team up. Uh, I like it. It's very reminiscent of the Battle Bond pair. 
which is a also like a cyclops and a homunculus. Uh, but in this case, it is one of the smallest legends on uh, on Ravnica and one of the largest working together. And I love the idea that Fibblethip is like squeaking in fear every time he sees a Phyrexian, which alerts poor Bergmos that something's nearby. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, that is that one is just so cute. I just like that between the two of them, they have they finally have a pair of eyes. Yep. Yep. That is also very funny. They can look they can look in any direction. And also neither of like I, I'm pretty sure Fibblethip is incapable of speech and Borborgmos doesn't do it very often. Uh and so you just have, you know, big or small, they're just kinda out there screaming, making noises. <laughs> uh and it's silly. Um then we have Jeru and Hazaret. Uh Hazaret, who survived the hour of devastation, uh, is shown on this card with a new arm. Uh, after she cut her own arm off as to not die from the Scorpion God. And uh, it's been replaced with a Lazatep. Thanks, Scarab God. Uh, <laughs> Scarab God and Locust God still alive, by the way. Um, we'll talk about that when we talk about battles next week. But um, yeah, she has a new arm and she's there with Jeru, uh, who is uh, was uh, Samut's friend. Uh, he was about to get killed by Hazret when the Hour of Devastation started and uh, became a big hero in the fight against um, Bolus's Eternal Army um, and has stuck around to hang out with a literal god and they kind of just protect each other and fight for each other and it's sweet. Uh, there, there's not very many other places Jeru could be on Almancat. There's not a lot of options. Yeah, that's true. So, you know. <laughs> you got you got maybe half a city left at this point if you're lucky then we have drana and linvala from zendikar uh which is a cute team up although these two you know a lot of these some of them are allies that make sense some of them are enemies that are forced together uh Janna and linvala makes sense because you know they've the they're both allies during previous zendikar blocks it makes sense they would work together again um, <clears throat> uh, although I do think it's, it's, it's just a cute pairing. There's, there's not a whole lot to say about this other than it's a cute pairing. They're lesbians, Harold. <laughs> uh, and then uh, speaking of lesbians, we also have Errant and Giada. Well, lesbian, at least. For lesbian. Sure. You're right. You're right. We don't know about Giada. Um, so Errant, uh, we have, we had a whole story for Errant and Giada, uh, and Errant, I, what I love about her in this set is that she continues to wield her paint gun she just has mixed in halo with her paint and so there's like halo paint bombs and she's using her spray gun (laughs) filled with halo and paint uh to fight the phyrexians it is a very cute nod it's like what if you fill paintballs with acid and uh that's just what she did basically (laughs) We also get a confirmation that Giada is still alive. Uh, I think a lot of people were confused by the ending of uh, Streets of New Capenna. Yeah. Uh, where Giada was supposed to be like ascending, but it felt, you know, looking back, it could feel like it was um, death. Yeah. Like she was dying and sacrificing herself. So it's good to know she's still around. She's still hanging out. Yeah. The, the ending 
that little section where all that happens in the Nuka Pena story is a little vague, and I think that's one of my biggest regrets, because it's also the the angels are waking up moment, and also the, by the way, Elspeth is an angel moment, uh, and I think... So we'll, we'll talk about this yeah. when we get to the Elspeth part, but I definitely think uh, some of that probably could have been more clear in hindsight. Some of it was deliberately vague, because we yeah, didn't want to... Tip too much that Elspeth was an angel back then. Uh, and if we made it underlined it too much, it might have been more dangerous. I think I think it hit a good balance on that part. But yeah, some of the other stuff like the angels waking up uh, could have been more clear between the set and the story. Uh, so let's also talk about some hungry boys, Galta <laughs> and Maverin. Yeah, this is uh, this is one of my favorite team ups just because it. <laughs> It's very silly. Like, yeah. Fibblethip <laughs> and Borbrigmos is silly. Yes. Like, Baral and Karizev is kind of, like, a little weird. But, like, Galta and Maverin just is a whole different level of silly to me. There's <laughs> only like, one that yeah. I think is more silly, and we'll, we'll get to them. Yeah, it's just, it's it's really cool. Like, uh, we, we talked about the story, uh, 300 Steps to, uh, I forget the last word in that title um, we talked about it last week and it's a really good story but it's just really fun to think of like Maverin Fane just kind of hitching a ride on Galta and then somehow building a house on his back because you know that dinosaur did not just like say okay yeah get up there uh, <laughs> it's probably one of their ship churches that they just kind of mm-hmm. landed on top of Galta uh, that one that one's kind of funny I, I I do like this one a lot um I like the story that basically they're just like, yeah, like they're, they've created this like symbiotic bond where the vampires swarm out and get anything that Galta misses. Well, I, I think one of the things that adds to the silliness is some of these are literally combined power toughness numbers. Uh, this one, uh, Maverick does not contribute to the power toughness. <laughs> um, he does contribute to the ability quite a bit. You, you describe them as like two hungry boys. And I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. One's a diner, and one's oh right, vampire. <laughs> uh, so our next our next defender is Hiretsugu and Kairi. This is one of my favorites because it's a deep cut enemies one. Chef's kiss, yeah. So uh, for those of you who are not aware, let me pull up. I forget the name of the other dragon. So back in the it's Kega. Uh, so back in the original Kamigawa block, Hiretsugu kills the blue spirit dragon, uh, Keiga, the Tide Star. Keiga has reincarnated as Kairi. And now Hiretsugu, who has fused with his former demon master, we talked about this, go back to our Neo episodes if you want to know more about that. The Oni of all consuming chaos. Yeah, the all consuming Oni of chaos. Whatever. It's all the same words. Hiretsugu and Kairi have now teamed up to fight the Phyrexians. Kairi is working with the ogre demon that killed her. Kairi's a her, right? Let me double check. I know some of their pronouns change. A her, right? Uh, She is in Kingdom Hearts. (laughs) (laughs) I think she is here too, if I remember correctly. Uh, And then we have Inga and Essika. Yeah, uh... This was a fun one where it was, uh, you say, yeah, so the, the Kaldheimers burn their world tree so that Realmbreaker can't grasp onto it and corrupt it. Uh, and so Essica, who's not dead, um, 
and was saved by the world tree itself uh like can't really navigate because her bond with the world tree is how she got around the realms uh thankfully inga uh who is uh blind but has like special navigation magic that can sense omen paths uh which is why she is one of like the I think she's like the number one mortal sailor on the plane. Um, uh, hops in her chariot next to her. We got the uh, the cat chariot is uh, in the yard with the cats, the big fuzzy cats. Um, and they're just having a good time. Uh, I, I love this art. It's bright and colorful. Um, dare I say jubilant in the face of horrific death and destruction. Um, and really sets the vibe of what this set is, which ultimately is heroes rising up across the multiverse to say, actually, I would like to not be completed. Thank you very much. Please go home. I just am glad that we canonized Rainbow Road. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think the music plays while they're traveling? Every time I see the card, I hear the music. <laughs> there is no escaping it. All right, so the next one is one of my favorites of the set, Kagla and Yadaro, who are the... Okay, I know they both... Uh, I know Yadaro had a Godzilla alternate in a Godzilla series yep, in the original Ikoria, but Yadaro is like a Gamera stand-in. It is the giant turtle and the giant monkey, which is the King Kong stand-in. Even the original Kogla art was a reference to the classic King Kong mm -hmm. standing on top of a, uh, grasping on the side of a uh, the Empire State Building uh, with someone in their hand. Uh, so this is like... This is chef's kiss. This is so perfect. I yep. love the the team ups. I think it's even more cute because uh, Godzilla versus Kong came out right around or was supposed to come out when Akoria came out. And so now we've got our Kong and Gamera team up here. It's beautiful. I love it. Kroxa and Kunaros is also a very cute one because it's all mouths. I, I said <laughs> uh, Galta and Maverin were the hungry boys before, but yeah. Kroxa and Kunaros. Basically, uh, what is his name? Athreos lets out Kroxa in order to fight against the Phyrexians and sends Kunaros out to basically babysit the Titan. <laughs> it's a, it's a, he's a shepherd dog, Kunaros. Just kind of yeah, like barking, in, leading Kroxa in the right direction. In, in Soviet Theros, dog leash you. <laughs> All right, let's talk about this bastard who stole my job. The bastard who stole your job, Quintorius. I actually love master. him. I actually love him. <laughs> don't don't send me hate mail. Quint is delightful. Uh, yeah, Quint gets a creature card here. Uh, he's pretty important in the Strixhaven story, um, was, which was a side story, I think. Right. The Strix. There is a Strixhaven side yeah, story. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, the end of which uh, he sparks, and. Uh, while he's not a planeswalker here, this is kind of his last hurrah as a legendary creature because he's pretty important to the defense of the plane. He's the reason why Strixhaven is able to defend itself. He solves like a bunch of ancient lore problems and then is brave enough to take on more magical crap than he can handle uh, to like cast this gigantic spell, the Founder's spell. Uh, and, uh, we like Quint. He's a good boy. 
and very proud of him. He knows a lot about history, though. Like, he's earned this title. <laughs> fair and square. Regardless of what Jay says. You know, that's fair. Quint is a good boy. You know who's not a good boy? Rankle. Rankle's kind of a jerk. Kind of a dick. Uh, so Rankle and Torbrand is funny. They also got a side story by uh, by Jenna Helland, who is back. Uh, if you don't know who Jenna Helland is and you like Magic Story, she's the reason you have Magic Story. Because way back during Innistrad... Yeah, way back during Innistrad, basically the novels had been canceled and she was credited at the time as the one who was really pushing uh, for getting fiction on the web uh, to replace it. Uh, and so that led to Uncharted Realms, which led to the magic story we have today. Anyway, these two stories are funny because they're not really teaming up. They just happen to meet and Rankle is just a dick and steals Torbrand's magic ring. That's that's the, <laughs> that's the but, plot. But Torbrand goes on to honor his momentary friend wrinkle for for the rest of his life so yeah i think i think it's very sweet that torbrand uh does recognize that wrinkle contributed to saving the plane <laughs> uh so the next one is the one that i think is probably the silliest of the team ups i still love it but it's definitely the silliest one uh it's also a reference to a canadian highlander in joke about the get rock monster it is also a, a white color character riding on the back of a giant reptile. So I, I guess true. amphibian. True, true. Wait, what's that have to do with anything? Folly well, and the Gitrog monster. Because like, the other one is Maverin and Galta. Yeah. Oh, got it. <laughs> so yeah, it's Folly not and the a Gitrog reptile, monster. though, so it doesn't, it's not a thing. It doesn't count. Get it right, Chris. It's green and scaly, okay? It's not green and scaly. It's definitely green. It's also black. Oh my god! Let's move. okay. So Thali and the Gitrog monster. I believe this is a reference to the in joke that the hand uh, coming out of the Gitrog monster is Thalia from Canadian Highlander. I don't know the whole story, uh, but there's an in joke about that that has made man- been made manifest here. Uh, now I should be clear. Hopefully, we don't know. Hopefully the Gitrog monster does need not eat Thalia when this is all over with. Uh, but basically the, the Legends article says uh, the Gitrog monster's cultists all get completed. Uh, it ends up leaving its, uh, its pond, Lake Zava, in uh, Nefalia and ends up uh, where Thalia is fighting uh, and realizes Thalia is its best chance at continuing to get meals uh, like it was getting out of its cultists. Uh, and so it teams up with her. Uh, what's also sweet about this art, uh, Thalia has the Moonsilver Spear still. Uh, she acquired it in Eldritch Moon, used it to kill Brazella, and apparently it stuck around. Uh, nice. So that, is, that is Avacyn's Spear that she still wields. All right, so this next one is all about you, Lorelai. Tell us <laughs> what it is. Uh, yeah, so Yargle and Multani. I, I don't... <sighs> Where do you even start here? Uh, I would start at the beginning of the flavor text. Straight out, all right. (laughs) I've heard much about you from my daughter, Multani rumbled. There was a time when I'd balk at your aid, Phantom, but she has shown me the merit in Urborg's strange rays. (laughs) Replied Yargle. That, I think, explains it all. Uh, Multani is the Maro sorcerer of Yamamaya. He had a big part in the Weatherlight saga uh, during Yalgma's Firexian invasion, transported 
a section of Yavamaya into Urborg so that it could attack the Stronghold directly, because the Stronghold had overlaid into Urborg, uh, and the part of Yavamaya he shifted over, got its own Maro Sorcerer, uh, Muldrotha, who's his daughter, or uh, refers to as his daughter, um, and being the Maro Sorcerer of this Urborg forest, has probably come in contact with Yargol, and, uh, this is Multani having, uh, being open-minded, uh, thanks to his kinship with this other Mara Sorcerer, and being like, hey, maybe Urborg is kind of a good ally, and, uh, Yargol continues to be Yargol, and is happy to be <laughs> an 18-6 instead of a 9-3, uh, no longer dies to Lightning Bolt, uh, and just wants to eat Phyrexians. <laughs> That's it. Uh, I I love I love that the contribution to this card from Multani's side is congrats, your stats are doubled. <laughs> there is literally a Splinter Twin situation uh, in this set's limited format. One of the uh, backup cards um, uh, lets this uh, gives a creature the ability to sacrifice uh, for. Uh, and and dealer it's a it's a fling type thing um and it has backup too which makes it has the power 20 yeah. yeah so you put you, you make it a 28 uh and just one shot your opponents uh although in a format with gain lands it's maybe not a splinter twin but it's really see i just love the card this is the first also the first vanilla creature we've gotten since strixhaven i think um and is just fantastic I just, everything about those guys. This is a rare vanilla creature, and I I think in the preview panel, this is the card that got the most cheers. Yeah, the card went wild for um, this one. Like, this is how you design a vanilla creature. A legendary vanilla creature. And everything about this card, I think, just makes it maybe the most enjoyable card in the set. Alright, let's move on to Zamon and Dina. Uh, Zamon and Dina, the two science kids of the group. Um, Zimone from the Mathematical Quandrix and Dina from the Medical and Biological Sciences in Witherbloom. Um, there isn't much to say about it. They already knew each other. You know, the, these are the five kids that we've been following on Strixhaven. Uh, by the way, I continue to very much enjoy having them all interact and be the stand-ins for their respective colleges. Yeah, they're definitely the strongest characters of the block. Oh, it was intentional. I, I think it was oh, smart yeah. to give each faction like one student that we care about, right? Um, and and I like that they're back here, uh, and I like them. Little science dorks doing science together to stop an evil empire. Kind of, kind of the weirdest team up if you think about the team ups as being unlikely people to work together. When Zimone and Dina were like, I mean, like they didn't really know each other that well, I guess, but they were students at the same school very friends with some of the same people seemed very likely they would team up i don't think they're all unlikely because we got jeru and hazaret and yeah and, that's true so, some like those that that make more sense than others uh they're all cool team ups speaking of cool team ups though zergo and ojitai also known as jeskai at home um <clears throat> I, I love that this is just a Jeskai that gave Ojitai a Jeskai colored card mm -hmm. and slapped Zergo on top of him. Uh, so Zergo is like the mono red aligned. Basically, he's the one who lets everyone know when the dragons are on the run. He rings the bell. He's Biff. 
he was the he was the big tough guy in the OG timeline, and when Sarkin changes, goes you know back to the future, uh, he is the wimpy, pathetic man. Um, During the invasion, the um, we see that a number of the Kolagon brood uh, gets completed, and um, Zergo goes to Ojitai. Uh, to basically team up against this. And so we actually see dragon riders on uh, Tarkir for the first time with Zergo riding Ojitai, which is wild. But I guess Ojitai is maybe the only one that would allow that. Maybe Jermoka, maybe. But Ojitai is like not great, but probably one of the more reasonable uh, of the... um, of all of the Tarkir dragons, elder dragons. Uh, anyway, I think that's a cool team up. I am excited to see uh, what we get of Tarkir next time we come around, though. I think it's very cute yeah, that we same. got a Jeskai card out of that. Uh, and do you want to talk about Ortheon, Lorelai? Yeah, we, we have two more cards from the uh, Jumpstart uh, sets. There's Ortheon, Hero of Lava Brink. Um, Ortheon is the flavor text character. He's on, I think, three different cards in Ikoria. Um, Yep. He was a lava burn captain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes cards exist in files and it's like, hey, is there an existing character that this can be? Uh, and sometimes there is. And this is one of them. And so Dorothean just has a card now. And I think the card's really sweet. Uh, he, he, he makes monsters out of lava because he's a lava mancer. If, if I am on a set and there is a new legend... I definitely go back and see if there is an existing flavor text character or an existing character that could fit that legend as the name. Uh, and when that happens, it's usually, you know, it's like, it's usually a slam dunk because people are like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, perfect. Uh, oh, yeah. There was one of those as well for, um, I'm not saying I named them specifically, but that's the kind of thing we do. Uh, there's one of those in the commander set too, yep. Kozla, uh, who was a flavor text angel. Uh, so similarly, Ortheon was a Lava Brink aligned character that got the flavor text name. Well, I, I personally like to, I, I want to believe that Ortheon is a bonder and is bonded with one of these lava monsters because I want to think of Lava Brink as like the the future pro-bonding society on I mean, uh, Ikoria. He he is explicitly not a bonder. He is a member, member of the uh, Lava Brink Defense Corps. So that doesn't, I, I mean, he could still be a bonder. Things, things could change down the line. <laughs> he would not have been a bonder at the point when he was speaking in flavor text in Ikoria. So if he's a bonder, that's brand spanking new. So our last team up is uh, a monocolored one. I wish we'd gotten some more monocolored ones. Yeah. Surak and Goreclaw. I think this is, this is because this and Ortheon are from Jumpstart. Yeah. I think that's mm-hmm. why we got some monocolored cards here. Yep. Uh, so Surak and Goreclaw. Uh, Surak in the Khans timeline is famous for punching and wearing the fur of a bear. Uh, however, in the the real timeline, the one that happened, the dragon's timeline, uh, he did not. And he is not no longer the Khan. He is in this timeline. Uh, he is the hunt caller, which means he is the head hunter, uh, making sure that Atarka get, and her brood gets fed enough that they don't eat uh, his people. That, that's his job. And Goreclaw is a bear that has gotten so big, it can challenge the Atarka clan dragons. Uh, so I love that these two are teaming up because the joke is kind of Sorak was very anti-bear. So him and Goreclaw, he, he might have even been wearing 
the uh, Khan's timeline version of Gorklaw. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think it's very funny that to have these two team up here. They're married. Let, <laughs> let's talk about indiv- uh, the individual flavor gems. Uh, some yeah. of these we're going to do a lightning round on because we don't have a lot of time left. Uh, we'll, we can cover some of them in the next episode, too, if we want. Yeah, to. we can we can move on. So Knight Errant of Eos uh, is a uh, Alara Bant themed card uh, that looks like an Elspeth cosplay, basically the same kind of armor and everything. So I think that's a neat callback, even though, you know, Elspeth's wearing Bantian armor. Uh, she didn't look super similar to other knights until this one. Halo Charged Scab, something that a lot of people don't know about the lore of scabs. They're animated with this uh, oil infusion, not glistening oil, just regular lamp oil uh, that includes angel blood. Uh, So the Halo Charged Scab, a holy scab is just hilarious to me. Mm -hmm. Uh, It is it is just the it is perfect. I'm really glad we got this because I'd completely forgotten that was a thing until I saw this card. If I had a nickel for every plane where angel juice was an important part of the lore, I'd have like two nickels. And that's a lot. (laughs) You know, uh, angel juice is important on a lot of planes. It's not a big part of a lot of world building, you know, like pieces of angels, you know, like uh, uh, Tazri's halo Halo and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, like juice form, liquid angel. Okay. Liquid angel. Sure. Because that also the uh, the (laughs) formula. Pause. This is going to take a little bit. So, you know, those full duck presses that French people have in like fancy French cuisine where you just put the Mm -hmm. whole duck in a thing and crush it down and extrude the duck juice from a whole duck. Uh, Do that with some plane does that with angels. And it's uh, high cuisine. We also mentioned the vampires of the plane were created using uh, an exsanguinated angel. Um. So yeah, there's that too. <laughs> uh, we got proof of life for Nyambi through Meeting of the Minds, which is nice. Uh, actually, our notes say proof of lie. So oh well, then I guess I guess it's not true. <laughs> yeah, Phyrexian Awakening shows a bunch of Yogmathera portal ships on Dominaria. Uh, you know, getting exposed to Realmbreaker and Elishnorn's oil and joining the fight. Uh, you know, there is broken Phyrex and stuff all over Dominari, and the idea that it rises up for this new uh, invasion is pretty cool. Um, we also have Archpriest of Shadows from Innistrad. Uh, if you look real closely, the staff she is holding is not a heron head. She is not associated with Sagarda and the Church of St. Traft, but actually with Liesa, the other angel sister who has been resurrected. Um, so that's a cute little throwback to the other angel who matters to Innistrad. She exists. People yeah. follow her. Yeah, I was I was sad we didn't get a Sigarda and Liesa team up card, but that they would have been the exact same colors as Thalia and the Kitrog monster. Yeah, uh, we talked Deadly Derision was our uh, one of our preview cards. I'd ask for it specifically because it featured someone I'm notable for being a lover of, and that is Doretti. Uh, so proof of life for Doretti in Deadly Derision. No card yet, but I I hold out hope. People have remembered he existed now. So yeah. like that's that's a good yeah. thing. This is the first time we've seen him on a card since 2016. So, you know, positive All progress. Right. <laughs> let's uh let's just do like one or two more. Uh and I think uh one of them that I thought was really cool and a lot of people pointed out is Onaki Javelinier. It's a it's an Onaki. I mean, like they're still spirits, but 
it's it's cool to see them again. We haven't seen an Anaki since like Corset 2015 or something when we got the legendary one. So, so yeah. this is a this is kind of a, a a lore reference like we had done. Hold, hold on. To to be clear, our last sighting of the Onaki was an M21, where there was ah. a card representing a living Onaki. But uh, however, that card was like you know those card those sets are atemporaneous. Yes, correct. Uh, so this is a this the flavor text is sort of a um, it is a deep cut. You know, we have addressed the Raven Man. The other part of the whole Chain Veil saga was these Anaki. Uh, so the Chain Veil's power, whatever's in it, has, with the way between worlds thrown open, uh, it has gone back to Chandelar, and the Onaki are waking up? They're They're dormant, maybe? I, it's but it's not super clear what's happening. It's not so. something good. Yeah. The, so the spirits are awakening. Uh, the, whatever's happening with this magic probably isn't good for Chandelar. Uh, but also it's, you know, the chain veil isn't much of a thing anymore because it's, you know, served its purpose in the story. <laughs> <laughs> it's so somewhere. this is a nice it's... capstone. This is a nice capstone to that, that it's kind of doing whatever it was intending to do with the Onaki. And what that means, we probably won't find out until that plot thread's followed up on. But doesn't look very spirity, though. Looks very solid. It's pretty it's a pretty solid card, too. It's uh it has, if you look at the bottom, it has like the smoke coming off of it like Kirkesh had. Uh, but it does look very solid now, correct. I mean, it is definitely winning a lot of points for being the most likely to kill an opponent's flyer uh, when they don't expect it in, uh, <laughs> in the draft format, because no one knows this card has reach. <laughs> so moving on to final thoughts. Uh, my final thought is the Nintendo Switch port for Gigabash has been announced. So if you wanted to play it, but you haven't gotten it on PC or PlayStation or whatever, you want to play it on Switch, It'll be available on Switch in Oct- in August uh, with the Godzilla DLC. God, we really need to get a sponsorship. Um, <laughs> if any of our listeners work for for Gigabash, uh, you know, call us. We want to talk to your people. <laughs> Passion Republic Games is like a small. I think it's Indonesian studio. It's either Indonesian or Malaysian. I always get those countries mixed up. I have to check. We got we got Vorthoses from around the world. You never know. Yeah, True. you never know. Malaysia. Um, uh, I don't know my final thought. I've been playing. It's a, it's a Iron Banner week three this season in Destiny Two. I've been playing Kepri's Horn on Strand on Titan. Have that exotic shoots out a column of flame that deals a hundred damage on the way out and a hundred damage on the way back, and that is two hundred damage <coughs> that guarantees kills a guardian if you get both hits. And if you're on Strand, you also get a Drenger Slash, which suspends the enemy, and so. Uh, my barricade becomes a kill target guardian button or sometimes three and it's fun and iron banner is fun uh fortress is a fantastic mode i've been having a lot of fun with a silly little build uh because i don't play pvp competitively i play to giggle like a maniacal little gremlin every time my class ability murders three other players also, I look like a beetle. Uh, I have not been playing a lot of Destiny lately, and I, I need to to get back on it. I need to finish out some of the the seasonal stuff. But um, 
my final thought is going to be about a game I haven't mentioned for a long time, which is Gunfire Reborn. It's kind of like a roguelike FPS. It's on Steam. Uh, I think it's like 20 bucks, but there's no... I don't think I've paid for DLC. I don't think you have to. Uh, but it is really fun. It is just like a roguelike first-person shooter going through levels of dungeons and collecting abilities. Uh, and I've been playing a lot of it again recently because it's really replayable. Every single time you play, it's a little different. So, big fan of it. All right. That's going to do it for this week. Uh Patreon.com slash the Vorthos cast. You can give us money, get out on our Discord server. It's cool. We like people there. I think that's it, because we're gonna make this short. <laughs> Thank you all for listening. This has been the Vorthos Cast.